With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Jim White. I'm your host, and I'm coming to you live from Carmel, California, on August the 13th, 2011. We've got a fantastic show for you today. This is part six of a six-part series that uh, we've been doing on the economic impact of construction in California. As you know, by as evidence, I should say, from all of the uh, people that have tuned into the show since we started the series, and uh, the numbers continue to grow, and I want to thank you for that, over 500,000 uh, thus far. And we are uh, getting a lot of coverage from our friends in China and India and Brazil, and uh, Vietnam is coming in, so it's, it's, it's been, been amazing to see and to uh, watch the interest in this subject matter, especially when the show has been focusing on uh, California and the U.S. economy, so we, we appreciate all the listeners and your support. As I said, the show today is, is a six-part, but I can assure you we're far from through. We've got a lot to continue to drill down on this subject matter, and we're going to continue to do it in weeks to come. Uh, on the next week's show, we're going to uh, kind of come away from the economy a little bit, uh, a U.S. economy, I should say, and we're going to uh, kind of peel back the onion a little bit, one of my uh, other my favorite expressions, and take a look at the, the California's uh, uh, budget and uh, revenue shortfall and kind of bring you up to speed on that. And then on our show on the 27th, uh, we got a special guest, uh, really, really special guest. And we're going to be talking about the good, bad, and the ugly of the uh, gas tax, if you will, and what we need to do about that because the majority of the trust fund, highway trust fund, comes from gas, gas tax. So I just want you to make you aware of that. As we've started off the show for the past five weeks, I, I started out and said construction matters. And I want to emphasize this today. Construction really matters, okay? Now, why is this? I, I want to continue to drill down uh, some great, great data uh, that uh, we have uh, put together. 
And uh, a lot of this is from our friends at the Society of Civil Engineers. I'm going to thank them for that, uh, for their great work there. And also other parts of it from our friends at the uh, EUCA in California. So thank you, both agencies, uh, for uh, your your great work and your continued support. And I know I always get phone calls, and well, how about us, how about us? So I don't intend to ignore anyone. So I just uh, appreciate everybody's uh, contribution to our efforts here. Now, our nation's economy and, and our quality of life requires a highway and roadway system that provides a safe, reliable, efficient, and comfortable driving environment. Now, these words are huge. Now, although highway fatalities and traffic-related injuries, and I'm going to go back to 2007 a little bit, just put a little framework, they dropped. It went down 2007. It went down significantly. Okay. However, uh, any death, in my opinion, as it has to do with highway safety, is one too many. So the numbers in, in 2007 was 41,059 uh, uh, people that were killed in motor vehicle accidents. Now, these crashes went ahead and injured more than 2,491,000 people. And the cost associated with this, these crashes, cost the U.S. economy over $230 billion a year. Now, that equates to $819 for each resident in medical cost, lost productivity, and travel delays, workplace cost, insurance cost, and legal cost. Now, if you're if you're hearing my words and the the emotions, this is a big deal. We need we need our infrastructure and the debate that continues in Washington over putting together a long term federal highway bill is amazing. However. All of our good folks and uh, that we elected to do the work for us, they decided to take a break, <laughs> get out of Washington for a while. I guess everybody needs a vacation. However, I haven't had one this year. And when I got the alligator snapping, uh, like me, you need one to hang around and, and deal with your work, right? But anyway, it is what it is. So they're going to come back after Labor Day, and hopefully the, uh, the uh, Congress is, is going to at, at least uh, go ahead and, and uh, deal with the highway uh, trust fund issue, pass that. But as we dig into that uh, that bill, even though we respect what's coming out of the committee, uh, it's a little short. Now, the Senate side of this bill is one that we think we should look at and really get behind. We're going to talk about that just a little bit throughout the show. But I want to continue to put some sobering facts in front of us. Now, in addition to safety, congestion congestion has become the most critical and challenging facing critical and challenging thing facing our highway system. Congestion continues to worsen to the point at which Americans spend four point two billion hours 
a year stuck in traffic at a cost of $78.2 billion a year and wasted time and fuel cost. That equates to $710 per motorist. Per motorist, $710. The average daily percentage of vehicle miles traveled under congested conditions rose from 25.9% in 1995 to 31.6% in 2004. Now, these numbers continue to rise. This is some of the latest numbers that we have, okay? So congestion in large urban areas is exceeding over 40%. Our friends at the UCA uh, did a great, great video to highlight uh, the congestion uh, issues, so I'd encourage you to uh, check that out if you, haven't, uh, uh, if you haven't seen it. Now, as a result of this increased congestion, Total fuel cost wasted wasted climbed from 1.7 billion billion with the southern accent gallons in 1995 to 2.9 in and and uh, 90, 90, uh, 2005 excuse me so we're in talk here this morning now the poor road conditions lead to excessive wear and tear owned motor vehicles and can also lead to increased numbers of crashes and delays. According to the Federal Highway Administration, while the percentage of uh, vehicle mileage traveled, VMT it's called, referring, occurring on roads classified as having good ride quality has steadily improved the percentage of acceptable ride quality steadily declined by 86% in 1995. And I know these numbers are all running together here, but I just want to establish the flavor of the seriousness and why I started each show that construction matters. What we're saying here, the need is here. We need to put people to work, and what some of the fastest ways to do that is start dealing with the infrastructure, getting the money out there, getting these bills passed, and, 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 and refining regulation so we are not tied up 10 years to get a project started, okay? So it's just setting the foundation uh, to reinforce the urgent need that we have, and it's reason it's so important that every listener reach out to every elected official in your district to support these bills. Become vocal, be persistent, be respectful, but make sure you get heard on these issues. Now, I also recommend that when you are communicating with your representatives, do not do it in sound bites. Do not uh, in generalities, be very specific as to what you are looking for. This this often happens because we're too general versus being very specific. Now, over the years, through all my consulting practice and uh, uh, strategic planning and project management and leadership development, uh, communication, and all this work, is one thing that I, I I always see people do. Sometimes they are afraid to really set a very specific goal. Why? Well, they don't want to leave any evidence behind if they don't 
achieve it, right, so that it won't be held accountable. So if you can speak in general terms, well, that's not really what I said. This is where leadership is required. It's required that we step up to the table and be very specific and, and, and say exactly what we want, what we expect, and let everybody know, everybody being their elected officials, that we are going to hold them accountable to these issues. Because any death as a result of poor highway safety is unacceptable. We got to stop it. We got to deal with it, okay? Now, also, I want to give you this number, which is when I, when I saw it, it just absolutely, I said, is this real? But compounding the problem are steadily increasing demands on the system. The, the, the system is really, really, really being challenged. Now, Look at this number. From 1980 to 2005, okay, while automobile VMT increased 94% and truck, this is what's important here, uh, VMT, uh, vehicle miles traveled, increased 105%. Now, the highway lane miles grew only by 3.5%. From 94 to 2004, ton mileage for freight moved by truck grew by 33%. Now, I know these are a lot of boring numbers, but they are absolutely significant to understand the urgency that we have to continue to never give up 24-7 to make sure we are taking a leadership position that we've got to get these bills passed. We've got to look at our regulation. We've got to have a long-term vision for our highway system, not only from a federal, but also from a state, in each state accordingly. As we have our developing uh, friends in developing countries, when they start putting their infrastructure together, uh, it should take a lesson from, uh, from some, some of the mistakes that we're, we're making. And I use this word mistakes, uh, you know, to say that, yeah, we do, and we've got to be honest and admit our mistakes, However, uh, you know, we, we still do it pretty well here in, uh, we're in the United States. However, we can do it better. But as being a leader, uh, we can certainly pass on best practices to our friends around the world as well. Because it is a very, very, very small world these days, right? So as this increased traffic becomes a particular concern because it's a dependency on Commerce, commerce is dependent on the travel based on these numbers because just about everything in the United States moves by truck, right? Yeah, we have uh, rail uh, and, and, and we have our ports coming in. But for the most part, any place that you're on a major interstate, you're going to have truck after truck after truck. So that's commerce. That's commerce. Well, that's roads. That's being pounded. So we we got to make sure that we are really focusing on this. Now, the past couple of shows I'd mentioned that I was going to have a guest and, and, and still going to get this guest, and we're going to talk about this program, what we call uh, uh, Three Ps. Now, there's a lot of controversy controversy over this particular program. But basically, what, what, it, what those Three P program means is, is private-public partnership. And that's where the private sector is maybe coming to the table 
and and pro- uh, providing some private funding for public infrastructure projects. There is debate after debate after debate is ever a good issue uh, will be debated, and I'm not suggesting that we should not do that. What I am saying, we just need to open our minds up to the possibilities of can versus cannot. So as we continue to bring you this information, uh, I, I really want you to open your mind up to explore, well, maybe we can do this and without just shutting it down or have fear of, uh, associated with that. So I would encourage you to uh, be open to that and even start doing some research uh, on, on this particular fund. I think the uh, budget office came out recently with a report uh, on the uh, 3P uh, programs. Uh, the pros and cons, the cost, uh, because from a public funded, you got the bond cost from private sector investment. You're, you're looking for a higher return. You got the interest. So we got to weigh all these issues. The only thing that I'm suggesting is this: with the tremendous need, and I continue to reinforce all of the uh, our bridges and our water systems and our dams and our. Uh, sewage systems and our transportation, how in disarray they are, uh, according to uh, Society of uh, uh, Civil Engineers. You know, just about every country gets a D in this category. I don't know about you, but uh, if you are uh, sending your uh, kids to school and paying uh, big money and they bring Ds all the time, that's unacceptable. Well, that's unacceptable as well that that we as a state and the state of California uh, certainly has a big flat D in a lot of these categories. So once again, just setting a foundation uh, that it's serious, letting you know that uh, you've got a lot of great support. Uh, there's uh, letters that you can start writing, and I would encourage you right now to start getting letters into hands, especially um, supporting uh, Senator uh, Boxer's uh, position in the Senate. Uh, I'd encourage you to let her know that we support what she is doing there from that Senate side of the bill, okay? It's a, it's, it's a big deal. So, um, boy, do I have an opportunity to step out to get myself in trouble. I'm really taking some positions here, right? But uh, if you don't, then why should I, if, if I don't stand up and let, people know what I stand for and willing to uh, accept the consequences of that, I have no right to be on the air talking to you, right? And that's the same with our leaders. Uh, you know, I would encourage our leaders become more vocal. Uh, get out on the circuit, be heard, get on radio, get on television, uh, raise your awareness, raise your brand so uh, we know exactly what we stand for. And we're going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, that leadership uh, just a little bit more, and and the effect, or the or say our in ineffective aspect of that leadership as it related on related to the debt crisis ceiling deal. And we're going to do a quick review, uh, you know, kind of look at the, what the stock market did and what that meant. And we're also going to talk about. Uh, the Fed's uh, announcement of uh, holding interest rates uh, for two years and what all that means, okay? So uh, hang in there, and we'll be right back after a one-minute break.
Are you looking for a clarity of purpose? Are you a recent college graduate, unemployed, an entrepreneur, or considering a career change, a business owner or employee struggling with performance issues? Announcing the August 20th launch of the worldwide phenomenon, What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 can help you define your goals and vision. Start living your life on purpose. Living on purpose is all about joy. Living on purpose is about intention. Living on purpose is about personal transformation and continued growth. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 is a 12-week challenging course that helps you address finances, relationships, spiritual growth, physical and mental health. You'll reclaim your personal power and get your life on track to attain true success. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 launches August 20th. Learn more and register at whatsmypurpose.com slash v2. That's whatsmypurpose.com slash v2. We're back. Let's take a look at uh, some of the uh, crazy things that was happening in the stock market uh, this week. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to attempt to be CNBC and CNN and all this, but I, it's just important that we always to build our foundation from our perspective, uh, you know, to fulfill the mission of the show. And let's just talk about what our mission is. Our mission here at Jim White Circle Success Radio is educate, inspire, and create a sense of urgency for all around the issues. And these uh, issues that affect people's lives, jobs, creating jobs, helping people to obtain a better quality of life, not only in the United States but around the globe. I think that's a responsibility that we have as leaders. Now, we had a crazy, crazy few days here uh, starting off in Monday, right? Now, it was... It was absolutely a ride. If you follow the stock market, uh, you could see these uh, ups and downs, uh, 423 points on Thursday, and you know from 6:34 on Monday, and coming back to rise at 4:22 on Tuesday, the fall to 5:19 on Wednesday, and and to average about a 400 point swing. In a row, right? Well, we're making history here. Uh, the S&P 500 index has risen or, uh, or fallen at least 4% each day. That has not happened on four consecutive days since November 2008. Now, that's the significance here. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing it up because in my mind, in my mind, it has to do with leadership. It has to do with confidence. Now, during the week, there's probably not a huge change in policy, people, infrastructure. And the reason the stock market is reacting the way it is, in my mind, is lack of confidence, okay, or leadership. Now, this is the same, and it has a lot of significance to do with, uh, you know, what uh, S&P did in downgrading. Now, 
I don't know about you, but when you look at the other AA-plus countries around the globe, and now we, from Standard & Poor's rating, are one of those, and you look at the other countries that we share that with, man, you got to be scratching your head. It makes no sense whatsoever. Makes no sense. Now, the United States, I'm going to bet on the U.S. every day of the week. As I as I do, and, and I'm looking at a lot of the friends and uh, you know businesses and clients that we have around the world, our, our Chinese clients, our our clients in India and other parts of of, of the world, uh, you know we're we're going to bet on the U.S. economy. But we've got to continue to um, uh, get to politics, and this is where it goes astray, right? We could get on the talk, uh, talk circuit. Uh, we can go 24-7 on this. We can give sound bites to it. We can do all of these, these things, but when we strip it, strip it away, we've got to take the politics and the ego and the arrogance out of policy making well you say jim that's somewhat naive well yeah maybe 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 not however as a leader and that you when you when you rise to that level and when you reach out and ask the people to trust you and put you in this office it means that you are there to be the voice of the people not to be the voice of you to only promote your individual agenda. We're not paying you for that. We're paying you to go in there and and, and, and network. That's the biggest thing that we can do as individuals, network, build trust, build confidence, and, and, and make decisions and get in the room and solve some of these issues and leave the politics and the ego outside, put it at the bottom of the step at the Capitol, right? Leave it alone. Now, as we dig down on the decision of the of Standard & Poor's for the downgrading, well, I mean, what a huge deal. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if most people understand uh, why. It's not because U.S. wasn't going to pay us bills. It was never... I don't think in anybody's wildest imagination that we would not come to an agreement to raise the debt ceiling, which the only thing we've done is add another $7 trillion of debt. And now we are finally uh, getting the super committee together, whatever in the world that looks like. We'll be interested to see, to try to get behind doors and cut, what, one point. Two trillion over the next uh, ten years, and boy, I I would encourage us. We got to be watching that. We got to be watching those cuts. Uh, we got to make sure how that's going to in, in, impact uh, you know our industry in general. But in my mind, S and P was more the cut was more speaking to the leadership and the politics of it than it was the intimate ability or to not make your debt payments. Now, it's not to say 
not to say that we do not need to get our budget under control. And we go back to the surplus that we had what, under uh, uh, President Clinton, leaving with a surplus, to what we have done over the past decade just absolutely, in some ways, uh, it makes me angry. It makes me angry that we've accumulated this amount of debt, and especially when we are allowing some of this debt to be some of the pork add-on behind the scenes, give me this, I'll vote for this, the exchange, you know, those things, which is, you know, I know has been going on since the beginning of time, but we've got to make sure that we are uh, watching this a little bit closer to make sure that people are not, uh, uh, well, I'm, you know, I'll give you my vote if you give me this. Uh, but there's, you know, and, and I'm not to say there's not trade-off in the negotiation, but we got to watch how that affects uh, the, the numbers, right? Now, the interpretation from the S&P about the runaway debt indeed is accurate to be able to make that statement. Say, come on, we got to we got to get around it, okay? But at the same time, uh, making that and in my mind, it was that period of time, uh, especially July uh, 11, uh, July, and, and I think the history books will speak of this time, that we, our elected officials, our leaders, were acting like children more than leaders which allowed a huge discomfort to start raising around the world, showing no leadership whatsoever, but great sound bites from the politicians. So, message was sent. In my view, the S&P thing was strictly political. And I know I'm going to get a lot of emails on this one, <laughs> okay? But... Political in the sense that they're sending a message in my mind. Now, what's also very, very interesting, and, it's, and, and I encourage us to stay tuned because uh, the feds, uh, what, I think what they're in Jackson Hole or someplace on 26th of the month, August, just a couple of weeks away, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that, but where uh, Chairman Bernanke uh, at the Fed, stated uh, last week that we're going to hold interest rates flat for the next two years. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's simply no confidence in the economy. So we mean that we've got uh, we got some challenges ahead of us in that regard. So as we watch, as we see these things played out. And what we need to do is to be able to connect what all this means to everyday people getting up in the morning, going out the front door, going to work. How does this affect them and be able to measure it? 
you know, when we start talking about, you know, $17 trillion, it's hard for the most of us to get our mind wrapped around those huge numbers, right? So as we look at all these decisions, I'm, I, I like to do, um, you know, drawings on a whiteboard and do cause and effect. If this has happened, how's it going to be able to see it? Be able to touch it and feel it and touch you know and 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 really see the effects, and that's just like with all of the uh, numbers that I laid out, the deaths, the loss of productivity, the cost associated with our failing infrastructure, uh, the cost for our inability to make a decision to get a long-term plan in place, uh, and and continue to create to that uncertainty. Now, really, really watch what comes out of uh, the meeting on August 26th from the, uh, uh, from the Fed meeting. But I tell you what, absent you know, the toxic politics that really inflamed the decision to put us in this triple-A, I mean this double-A-plus position, again, kind of makes me angry because I've been at this game for a long time and worked hard and uh, fought for it, believe it, you know, I've, you know, red, white, and blue and all that stuff. I, I believe in our country strongly, but I also believe that uh, uh, we are a globe and not just one, you know, one side of it. It has all the answers for the other, for the rest of the globe. Now, when we bring it to home, what this session is, look at California, like I said, next week uh, we're going to drill down and look at some of California's uh, challenges as it relates to the revenue side because the budget in California was approved by Governor Brown based on an assumption uh, of bringing in another $4 billion in revenue. Well, I don't, I've got to see how that's going to unfold, especially uh, what's happening in Washington, right? So we're going to see how all that unfolds. So we're going to come back uh, after a one-minute break. And uh, we're going to drill down on that just a just a little bit more, and and we're going to really uh, take a look at some of the um, other solutions that we can uh, we can lay out uh, for as the uh, supporting the highway bill. Okay, so we'll be uh, be right back in uh, minute twenty two. This segment is brought to you by. TES Asset Management and Consulting Group. Is it time to develop the resources and talent to grow your bottom line? TES Asset Management and Consulting Group and JL White International Inc. is comprised of a team of seasoned executives with extensive experience in merchant banking. From its origins in the 18th century, merchant banking has today evolved into an enterprise that not only finances a company's product or services, but also assist in developing a comprehensive business strategy. TES Asset Management and Consulting Group will not only assist you in merchant banking, but provide business development, strategy, execution, succession planning, corporate finance, capital market research, human resources, marketing, branding, public relations, international joint ventures, partnering, M&A due diligence, and transaction negotiation and execution with specialized solutions for construction contractors, OEMs, and dealerships. Learn more today at TESAMG.com. That's T E S 
amg.com. Okay, thank you uh, for hanging in there. Now, I want to bring it back to center a little bit, our discussion. And I'm going to bring it back uh, centered California for a moment. And I am going to use some uh, reference material uh, from uh, Emily Cohen. Uh, she is the uh, Director of Government Relations at uh, EUCA in Northern California. And she's done a great job uh, in, in a title of this release that she put together is the National Jobs Emergency and Transportation Solution. Now, I want to cite some of the alarming numbers that Emily uh, put together in her research. And starting off in August, August 11, uh, she states that the U.S. Labor Department unemployment record showed just a dismal job growth, I mean, anemic. And in July, uh, this is a great report, and I have this report, and good job there, Emily, uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce released what it called the, the brutal findings. Great, great read. Good job, guys. And it's Small Business Outlook Survey. Now, keep in mind, small business is what drives this economy. Now, I'm also going to touch, and I'm really, really on a slippery slope here when I go down this road. Uh, I'm going to talk about how much cash corporate America is setting on and what in, what in my mind that they need to do in order to get out here and, and start spending some of this cash. But I understand the reason they're holding on to it. And, you know, cash is king. Cash is king and, you know, unless we have some confidence in our leaders. Ew, man, where do we go? But we, we, got, we, we got to take some calculated risk, uh, risk analysis is caused, and judgments. Uh, to start allowing some of this cash from the corporate coffers to start dribbling back as well. But the Small Business Outlook Survey, and they surveyed over 1,400 uh, small businesses, and I'm sure Emily would be happy to give you a copy of this, uh, small business owners. The report says that 65% said they had no plans. 65% said they have no plans to hire in the next year. Nada. That is unacceptable. We cannot. Why, they said? The economic uncertainty. That goes to what we've been talking about, you know, so far in the show. Lack of vision, lack of leadership, the ability to communicate exactly where we're going on a daily basis, and the ability to communicate what's in it for the everyday family. How are they going to make the mortgage payment? And if you get me started on that housing thing, which we're going to do a show on as well over this this housing and how the banks are just jerking people around over these foreclosures, uh, that's a, that's another subject in in, in, in another show. Uh, but I mean, and in, in, in from that standpoint, uh, everybody has some uh, responsibility to bear there now. There's no question that the hard times uh, from that story uh, is 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 just absolutely 
reverberating throughout the U.S. construction industry. Now, look at these numbers. 15.6% national unemployment rate, 6.4 points higher than the national average. Look at this one. California, in the construction, unemployment hovers between 20 and 25%. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Now, I've seen that the uh, state of California has, uh, I think, just released a project, $2.2 billion up in uh, Tulare, and there's some, some uh, other projects coming along. Uh, but we've got to make sure that we're out there and, uh, and, and watching uh, what I call that's kind of on the drawing board uh, and the mothballs and, and what we can do to kind of uh, kickstart those out and, and move them out to the bed stage and then to the execution stage, right? So once again, 20 to 25% in California. Now, in July, the National Survey of Transportation Contractors by the American Road and Transportation Builders Association, another great association, and, and I might add, you know, all these associations, I, I think they're doing a pretty good job but what I would like to see in our different associations, how we might be able to have a collective voice, <laughs> if you will, uh, from their AGC side, from all their different uh, trade side, uh, from our uh, construction equipment manufacturing side, the construction and distribution and suppliers, how we can uh, let people know that we are a big deal, that we represent a lot of economic gain and opportunity, so I, I would encourage all of the uh, directors and, and, and the prevailing uh, leaders uh, to see how we can uh, kind of collect our message as one, if you will, and uh, because we're all looking for the same thing, right? And that is what? Put people to work. Drive top-line revenue, cut costs, increase the quality, and continue to allow people to get up every day uh, to uh, go to work and to uh, build that dream and that quality of life that you seek, right? So, so these reports, I, I just I'm, I'm hovering and I'm looking, and uh, one thing that you never do on radio is have uh, dead air. But when I do that, I'm just thinking, giving you an opportunity to think about some of these numbers. So. As the association, Transferred Building Association, found more than half of the respondents operating below 75% capacity, 75% of what they could do. Now, in our first session, I laid out, strictly in California alone, the number of dams, uh, bridges, water supply, levees, all of these things that's just waiting to happen. So once again, what do we have? We have the need. We have the ability from these our wonderful contractors and our state agencies and all the grants. So we have that. What we don't have is the money right now, primarily, primarily because of fighting from our leaders in Washington and other uh, state and local agencies. Phone will be ringing off the hook here momentarily, right? Okay. Now, 
It's also, uh, and like I said, this this report from the Society of Civil Engineers is, is a great report card. Uh, but in Emily's um, press release that she put together, she, she cites uh, traffic congestion is getting worse. We talked about that at the beginning of the show, right? Uh, now costing the economy $115 billion, so we talked about that. Uh, we're reinforcing. So what you uh, do when you're communicating is tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what you're going to tell them again. Uh, so I appreciate you hanging in there when you hear me say things two or three or four times. It's not that I suggest that you don't have the ability to comprehend it. <laughs> it's just that we got to reinforce it because the words, your words that you use are powerful. And when we put energy behind that, uh, it propels us forward. And that's the reason uh, I, I get up uh, every Saturday morning. And I'm looking forward to our show and, uh, and, and I'm appreciative of how, how it's really grown since we changed platforms. And we're going to continue to work on that growth, and I continue to reach out to all the leaders and all the industries to be a part of, of the show. And any time that you want to do that, uh, you know, please uh, just let us know. Uh, just send us an email at jim at jl1international.com, and your thoughts, your ideas. If you've got somebody that you believe would make a great guest as we deal down on the, uh, drill down on these issues, be glad to receive it. And also, at any time that you'd like to participate in the conversation, you can do it at 619-768-7298. Now, as we look at um, public policy solutions that will protect and create jobs, has been staring, you know, staring Congress right, right, right in the face. It's there. Uh, the word bipartisan is is, is a big word. Not sure everybody understands what that means, but it means that we should uh, be together. You got two sides of the aisle, like we got two enemies coming in there. Uh, so we got to make sure uh, that we really understand the bills, and that's the reason I came out early in the show and suggested that uh, we educate ourselves on what Senator Boxer uh, is proposing on the Senate side and really get behind that because. Where neither one of them from the House side of the bill, from the Senate side of the bill, neither one of them are idea. However, I think the Senate side, and, and it's so amazing. I just love how uh, we're kind of tracking here. Uh, if Emily's listening to the show, we're kind of tracking, uh, and, and I certainly come out and support the Senate side as well. Uh, but not to say, <laughs> Uh, Congressman Michael, we, we appreciate what you're doing, and we need, we need your vote, too, so let's go ahead and get that one done and then see what we can do on the other side. Before. we just got to keep moving this thing forward. Now, 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 even with all the need and what the president has asked for just in his recent uh, trip, he came out, what, $568 billion, uh, you look at that, the what's coming out of from uh, uh, Congressman Micah, it's a little less than that. But then you look at what the real need is. It's like we need like 968, so we're about 500 short. But that means that what something's got to give, and we're not prepared. I mean, we got certain things. You know, especially around Sacramento, around the Delta area where we have all of the levees and uh, and those type of things. Those things are in this room. We're going to wake up one day. Oh man, I wish we'd have done something about that. 
uh, far as a potential uh, of, of disaster. Please do not uh, misinterpret my words. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, create fear here. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to bring awareness that these issues exist. And more importantly, what I am, what I want to do is to say there is the need. We have the engineers, contractors, leaders. We have the capacity. We have a need. We have the capacity. Need and capacity. What we need is a revenue stream in order to make it happen. Now, when the highway system started under Eisenhower, right, and it was started, you know, just to put people to work, actually, <laughs> bottom line. So history tells us that that works. So what is it about the parties and then you know what you know whatever whatever this tea party thing is and uh you know i i'm i'm not good better and different uh, but uh, we got to make sure that we realize that you know well we got 350 uh 350 million people and what's the best thing for our people and that's what we got to keep in mind okay but at the same time I appreciate, um, you know, the new members, new elected junior members of um, both houses, uh, somewhat standing true to some of their campaign promises, but be careful with the ego. Don't allow that to take you over the edge, but to say, we got to stop spending, right? And, and it's true. I mean... There's no household that can sustain more spending than you've got revenue, right? Even if you have a reserve, uh, that reserve is going to be be uh, either pretty fast if you have no revenue coming in to replace it at all times. And I know that is a real challenge for uh, a lot of our our clients uh, is collection, actually getting the cash in the bank. Uh, it's a huge issue for a lot of us, and, and especially smaller contractors, and especially uh, from the equipment uh, distribution dealers um, and, and those side. But keep in mind, if you go look at the top, you look at the oil companies, and, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a capitalist, risk and reward. So I'm not opposed for the amount of money that they're making, what I am opposed to for them holding on to it and not putting it back into the economy. Money is nothing more than energy. It's strictly a commodity and a commodity to help it go around. It's not something that we set on and we hoard. It is a energy that needs to go back to the universe, if you will, to put people to work. And once again, uh, this, this language is very important to know what money is. It's, it's the ability to create a quality of life for all of our citizens, not only in the United States, but around the globe. So uh, when we're talking about these issues, and, and like I said, we've we got some very, very talented leaders uh, in our construction industry and others, and, and like I said, this series has been focused on construction, um, 
and, and our shows, just not construction. We get involved in healthcare, uh, public enterprise, IT, uh, aviation, uh, all sides that we address. But uh, since infrastructure has been hit so hard in, in California, we've decided to uh, focus some time on that. Okay. Now, there's no question that uh, we got some huge, 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 huge opportunities. But what I really would encourage everyone to do is to have a flood of support when the houses, both houses, reconvene after Labor Day as to let your thoughts be known very specifically. This is what you pour, and let's get action on these two bills. Then as we continue to look at uh, refining, and and like I said, we're going to be talking about on the 27th show uh, different aspects um, of of the the gas tax and how we might want to revisit that. And I think I threw it out on the last show where we were talking about maybe it's uh, going to vehicle miles tax. Don't know, but looking at the numbers here, and look at who's using the highway, I don't know, shouldn't the biggest user pay a little bit more for using it? I don't know. Kind of makes sense to me, but what do you think? It's also important as we are looking at the budget reduction at the federal level through this super committee, and there is a unique distinction and um, unique distinction that I really like uh, that um, Emily has uh, written up here for their members. And it's the difference between spending and investing. Huge. What we're talking about is invested. It is invested. There is a difference. So we have got to support investing. We 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 must open up our minds about how the private sector can do more investing in public sector jobs, if you will. Once again, a dicey deal, slippery slope, but there's ways to accomplish that, and there's some precedent already in place that we, I think we should look at, and especially in California we should, we should look at, okay? Now, um, we've got a couple more things uh, to um, address here, and one of those is a, is what is it, what do we got here, is a quick break here, okay? We've got to get in a quick break here, we've got to pay the bills. This segment is brought to you by 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. 12 O'Clock High is one of the undisputed best movie classics of all time. It is also one of the best business learning tools available. The movie rated number one by top executives for its influence on their management style. Now, the inspiration of the 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit an innovative one-day event and 30-day follow-up where you will quickly see what's working and not working on the front lines of your company and in your own leadership style. Learn more at 12high.com. That's 12high.com. 
Okay, we're back. Before we conclude the show today, I, I want to really drill down on what uh, Senator Boxer uh, is suggesting from, from the Senate side. Okay, And it's a proposed two-year alternative to the House uh, Committee's six-year transportation bill. Okay, Like I said, we need the House to pass it. Now, from the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, which is chaired by uh, our own Senator Boxer, California, and she's been working on this proposal since since June, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> I am singing Emily Cohen's praises today on today's show, right? Uh, but good job. Uh, been working on this proposal since June. Now, what it does is that uh, it's calling for $109 billion over two years and requires legislators to increase or redirect redirect, that's that's the operative word here, tax revenue by $12 billion. Now, this is a big deal. We get back in session, we get on that, we can get this thing rolling. It's really important. It's something that can happen now, okay? Now, we need the bipartisan leadership of the uh, U.S. Senate uh, and Public Works uh, Committee has, has prepared this draft surface transportation bill, right, reauthorization bill, that will keep the highway and transit investment at their current levels or higher for at least for the next two years. Now, this is a big deal because remember me talking about uh, uh, the Fed chair said that they were going to hold interest rates uh, level for two years. Basically what he said, I expect the economy to be dead for two years. So if we can get this bill passed and start putting money uh, back to some of these projects are ready to go, uh, that would be a good thing. Now, we'd be very, um, I'll be very clear. This is my opinion. Neither the House or the Senate side of the bill are ideal. We need more. But it's something that we can use now. So please get behind that and have our support to that to the um, uh, to Senator Boxer, let her know that we are supporters her in this effort, okay? And actually, uh, we're reaching out, and I'd uh, like to have uh, Senator Boxer to come on the show, and so we're going to see if we can make that happen as well, because we really want to put some energy behind this, okay? Now, this is a huge opportunity for us in the industry in California and and and, and, and rest of the people, like I said, um, we're getting some good following in New York and Texas, and, um, and and I'd like to see more. It's kind of strange. We're in California. We're talking about California, but a lot of the California, we're not, <laughs> a lot of people is not <laughs> doing the things they need to do. But failing to generate this additional $12 billion in revenue will lead to these programs to be cut. Now, that's the keys where I'm going to be leaving you on this, to be cut by 35% starting this fall. I mean, this is a bonus. So, God, you're probably saying, Jim, I get it. <laughs> okay? I get it. I get it. I know you do. Uh, you're smart people. But it's make sure that we stand up and just get behind this thing. It's, if we got to go there... <laughs> Stand around them, push them, 
let's get this thing enacted. Let's get this piece of legislation in place. If we don't, we got some more immediate cuts. And like I said, not to mention what we have going on in the California budget, which we're going to be drilling down on the revenue uh, side of that next week. We're going to be drilling down on California's cuts, and especially in education and human resources and all of these different things as far as the correctional facilities and all that. So we're going to be drilling down on that. So we're just trying to put all the pieces together, and I know this is very complex, um, and I just try to keep it as simple and straightforward as we can because this is a, uh, don't like the word, but I can't think of a better word right now, a grassroots movement that we're trying to put together here. And I want us to be the leaders uh, uh, to for people to say, man, those people from California are really stepping up and making things happen, right? Okay. So I think I have probably sufficiently said enough <laughs> on that particular subject, right? We need to make sure that we are supporting uh, supporting uh, Senator Boxer and get this done, okay? So this is um, Jim White. I want to thank uh, each and every one of you for tuning in today. I want to thank uh, all of our friends around the globe that uh, uh, and making our show uh, so popular. Thank you for that. It means a lot. And I want to remind you that uh, uh, we will uh, uh, be back next week at uh, same time, and as we will drill down and take a uh, look at the California revenue shortfall in more detail. Okay. So once again, I really appreciate uh, your um, your listening and your participation and your support. Until next week, this is Jim White saying, "Have a great week and a great weekend." You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.